You are listening to the Money Making Marketing Podcast. We are your guides to making money with marketing. I'm Jenny Huddleston from Avon Marketing. And as ever, I'm joined by my co-host, Isaac Jackson from Vault Media and Louis Sanford from The Mailman. Over the last seven episodes, we've looked at different areas of creating a marketing strategy, from figuring out who your target audience is to creating your marketing funnel. Today, we're going to talk about how to piece it all together to form a cohesive marketing strategy. Okay, so first of all, what is a marketing strategy and why do we need one? Well, a marketing strategy is pretty much like a business's overall plan for reaching prospects and turning them into customers. Ultimately, it's about overall plan, which defines everything else they're going to do in order to build awareness and grow the business. Yeah, and it's something that every single business needs. Every business needs a marketing strategy because if they don't have one, People aren't going to know about them. They're not going to know about the brand, the products they have, and the problems that they solve. And that's what you need is you need your customers to know who you are. That's it. Um, And I guess the importance of kind of having um, a marketing strategy, um, it's that kind of key framework, isn't it, that brings all these aspects together. Um, And it is that kind of plan. I think although strategies, you know, they can change and you have to tweak them, it's still that thing that you look back at every single time um, and it gives you focus and you can you know, look at your key goals um, and it's that kind of key framework and like we said, that, that overall plan. Yeah, um, a marketing strategy is basically your vision as a company of who your customers are, how you're going to get them to buy your products and to keep them coming back for more. So as an example, um, when I started my business, I didn't really give much thought to marketing. Um, And really quickly, I realized I needed to do something about that. I needed to focus on a marketing strategy because I just wasn't getting customers coming in. And customers are the lifeblood of your business. Without customers paying you money, you don't have money to pay yourself, to cover your operating expenses, or to even try and grow your business. So really, you need to have that marketing strategy to keep your business alive. Yeah, it's also like just a sense of direction as well, isn't it, really? Like, it's not quite a business plan, but your marketing plan is pretty much what defines how your business is going to move forward. Because if you don't have your marketing plan, you don't really know exactly who your ideal customer is. You don't know exactly how you're going to help them. And you're kind of just walking around without anywhere to go in particular. Uh, A business plan is kind of the overview of the systems you have in place to keep your business running and growing and reaching your targets and goals. A marketing plan kind of pulls down granular into the specific marketing area and dives in deep on this is what you need to be doing to reach these goals and to get this many customers through the door. It's like you wouldn't have a business plan without having an in-depth financial plan. You shouldn't have a business plan without having an in-depth marketing plan. That's it. They all kind of work together, don't they? Um, And obviously, we've kind of touched upon there that, I mean, we've touched upon like knowing who your target audience is. um, And that's kind of, we talked about those key topics in previous episodes. Um, And I guess it's trying to, I think, with your marketing strategy, it's kind of piecing all the things we've talked about. So previous episodes, we've looked at like your target audience. Um, things like your brand story, why is it so important, why you should have a brand story, uh, your marketing funnel, 
uh, d different types of content uh, and also like lead generation. So I think with your marketing strategy, it's about all them things. And within that, that's when you kind of explore them. Um, and like we said, piece it all together, really. The kind of first step, really, when you when you come into put together your strategy is you want to look at your goals. And this isn't something we've really touched on a huge amount. We did briefly in the target customers uh, episode. But goals are really important. That's what shapes every single thing you do in your business. And it's something that gets said a lot, but these goals need to be smart. So that's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. I do usually, though, have um, have a bit of a grievance with the realistic bit because it makes sense to try and do some unrealistic goals, things that you're striving to achieve, because that gives you a bit more drive. Yeah, I, I guess it's... It, I get it, being realistic, you know. Um, you're trying to do things that are kind of you know attainable yeah so it's it's not like being oh um i'm gonna grow from five customers to a hundred thousand in the next six months it, yeah because that's, that's not gonna ridiculous. happen ridiculous but you <laughs> don't, are right don't, don't fool yourself but alternatively saying i'm gonna grow from five customers to 50 that's that's an achievable thing if you put the graft in to get there yeah and i guess like you said if you if you aim a little bit higher um, it will kind of push you to, to do more and, and try achieve sort of greater goals. Um, but yeah, I think with that, it's just a balancing act. Um, and I think a big thing I know is what I do with, with social media. We look at kind of the overall business goals. So whether it's, you know, do you want to drive uh, uh, traffic back to your website or, you know, increase sales? But I think the big thing, one of my um, key ones is that measurable bit. You really have to say, well, okay, you want more traffic to your website. Well, we need to get X number of clicks on links that we put in posts and things like that. Yeah. How much more traffic is it to your website? You need to know actual numbers that are measurable. That's it. Because that, without knowing, and I think you need um, kind of like a starting point. So I always look at um, analytics on kind of websites or like within social media to kind of have a benchmark. So, you know, okay, roughly a month you're getting... I don't know, two clicks through to your website. And then we do set a goal, like a realistic one that can be measurable and attainable and um, saying, okay, well, we're going to try and increase that two to 10 or two to 20. Yeah. And but I think it's really important that you always have a benchmark um, and kind of know where you're currently at and where you want to be. And a, a key thing to think about with your goals is every single goal you have will directly relate to a specific area within your marketing funnel. If you want to get more views on your website, you need to do awareness content. If you want to get more sales and get more clients on board, you need to focus more on your consideration and decision content. Every single goal you have will relate to a point within a marketing funnel. Definitely. So when it comes to a marketing strategy, the first place we're starting off is looking at the overall goals of a business. After that, I would say there's something called a SWOT analysis. If anyone doesn't know what that is, that's basically identifying what your business's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats are. And I mean, you can do this if you have employees with your employees, because sometimes it can be useful to have other people's perspectives on this. But if once you can identify what the actual strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats are of your business, then it helps you actually identify like what your value proposition is, how you are actually going to promote and push the reason why someone should work with you if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess that kind of links with your brand story. Um, and 
I think, you know, it, it's important. You kind of know, like you said, the strengths of your products. And if there are any gaps um, or things that aren't working, it's probably best to look at that now and have a realisation, uh, tweak that and, you know, make it kind of blend well with the marketing strategy. Yeah, I mean, the, the kind of SWOT analysis really taps into those goals as well. Because you may, you may set yourself a goal of getting um, a thousand visits to your website every day. But once you've done your SWOT analysis, like you, you might realize, oh no, I'm already getting that. What I'm not getting is them signing up to my lead generator. So that's what I need to work on. That's my weakness at the moment. That's it. And, and sometimes, especially like I think product-led um, services, uh, I, I've had it before with clients where um, we've kind of pushed them to the website. Uh, they've hit that website and they, they, they sort of go through the per process, but they don't hit that buy now button. Um, so is that something wrong with the website? Is that something wrong with the product? Is it too expensive? Is it, you know, not good enough quality, not coming across correctly? So I think, yeah, it's just important to evaluate kind of all those things um, kind of within when you're doing your marketing strategy to make sure kind of when you're getting people in that they're, they're going to do what you want them to do. Yeah, your SWOT analysis directly affects the, the goals you should be putting in place for your business as well. Um, because you may realize some goals aren't really that accurate. So it helps you to, to figure that out in more detail. Um, okay, so you've got your goals done. You've done your spot analysis. You know what direction you're wanting to take your marketing in to get your your goals achieved. But who is the target audience that you're trying to reach? So when, when you've gone through your, your SWOT analysis and your, your goals, you'll have based that around the kind of customers that will be buying your product. So that, that's something that's really important to figure out at this stage is who is that customer? Where do they live online? Um, what what do they do for a job? How much money they spend? I mean, we've done a, an entire episode all about this. So you should definitely go back and check that. I think it was episode two. I think you're right. But yeah, it just goes into more detail about kind of how, how to find them, aspects that you need to look at. And I think with your target audience and strategies um you know like isaac said it's working out where they are where your target audience can be found um and that's it it might be on different channels marketing channels and things like that so i think having a rough idea of who your marketing uh, target audience is and then you can go into way more detail um and it'll just massively help you with your goals because you're more likely to achieve them if you know who you're targeting so obviously yeah target audience is a big one uh, and we've gone into that. And another thing is, um, I think really key is like your brand story. Another thing we've touched upon. Um, but why do you think kind of your brand story uh, needs to be kind of thought about within your marketing strategy? I mean, your brand story is directly related to your target audience. Um, if if you're targeting a, a yoga instructor, um, you wouldn't have your brand story all about um, how to get more abs in the gym by lifting heavier weights. I, I don't really know much about fitness. <laughs> That's probably a bad example. So, you know, like, um, you, you need to know who your customer is and shape your brand story around that customer. Yeah, I guess it's, you know who they are, but now it's trying, I guess it's that we've talked about it. It's that like pain point um, and kind of what you can do for them. And that's it. It's, it's all about your message, isn't it? And if that's wrong, um then you know you're not going to see the results yeah it kind of like defines the last couple of points we've talked about really yeah so it's definitely. Like your, value, your value propositions who 
you're actually trying to help and why you're doing it. Ultimately, that's pretty much what the brand story is, isn't it? Is why you're actually doing it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so obviously, we know kind of the business goals. Uh, we know who our target audience is. And then we have an idea of our brand story. Um, so what about uh, the marketing channels? I think this is quite a big one within your marketing strategy, having an overall plan. But we all know with marketing, there are d many different types of channels. Um, so from like newsletters to social media, uh, like your website. Um, so I think it's really important to actually define them channels uh, and have a look at like where your target audience is and probably have specific goals for those different channels as well. No matter which channel you're you're posting on, they all need to be using your brand story and having that consistent messaging throughout it. And then every business really should be using at least two of these channels as a bare minimum. And that's a website and a newsletter. The newsletter, so you can keep remarketing to people and your website, so you've got a storefront on the internet. Yeah, I think a website's critical. I've had it where uh, people kind of want to shout about kind of what they're doing and do social media campaigns and it's like that's great but actually if you if your website isn't up to scratch there's kind of nowhere to push people um, and it, i think nowadays if you don't have a a, a good up-to-date well-functioning easy to use website you just don't look professional uh, and i think a lot of people actually question oh kind of kind of what's the gist with this business i know i have i think oh they're not that big or I don't know. I think they're not as like trustworthy, especially when it comes to like retail or buying. If a website's clunky and hard to use, it really puts me off kind of doing that next step. If the aesthetic of a website is, it looks like uh, stuck back in the early days of Web 2.0 in your kind of noughties, like that's that's not really good for your brand. That's not something you want to be pushing out there because... You, you look dated, you look like you don't care about your business, you look like you don't really spend time trying to grow your business at that point. Because if, you, if you've got this dated website with dated content on there that just doesn't really work for today's audience, then what, what are you doing, really? Yeah, um, something I just really want to quickly want to touch on. Isaac kind of touched on it a minute ago, but it's the focus of this overall um, marketing strategy is that every step that we're doing so far whilst we're creating this, such as your strengths in the SWOT analysis, your target audience, is to always think about those things when you are looking at which actual marketing channels and what content you're putting out. It's really key to focus on your strengths, your value propositions, like the benefits of using your service, and also looking at who you're targeting. That's why we're doing this. It's so we have that overall picture as to what we actually need to put into our marketing material our actual campaigns at, at the bottom of this process. Yeah, like deciding on your marketing channels when you don't know who your target audience is is stupid. Like if you're mainly targeting businesses and Instagram might not be the platform for you, you know, you, you, you'll probably want to be on LinkedIn. If you're, if you're mainly targeting um, millennials, then Instagram's probably going to be your best platform to go on because most millennials will have an Instagram account. Yeah, I guess with like if we're using social media as an example, um, they talk about a B to B and a B to C audience, so business to business or business to consumer. So you're totally right. LinkedIn and like Twitter, they're more B to B platforms, whereas like Facebook or Instagram, they're more of your B to C uh, platforms and have that audience on there. So it's knowing who your audience are, but also what channels your audiences are on. Because like you said, there's no point of putting all your effort into Instagram if 
you know, your, your message is going to be lost and you're not going to reach the right people. Why, why would you want to waste your time and money focusing on a marketing channel where your customer isn't on? On it, that's it. And I, there, there is actually a lot of um, information out there. So if you just do a little bit of research on kind of key marketing channels, you'll probably get a good overview of um, kind of the age range, uh, gender, etc. of those people on those platforms. But I think with a lot of this, it's a bit of kind of... Um, trial and error and testing like i saw a post on linkedin the other day actually um and it was a, a lady from a business who basically did a post saying we've we've done our best with instagram we've really tried but it's just not for us um and i thought there we go they've given it a go but at least they've had that realization that yeah that audience is just not on there yeah one of the best things a business can do really especially if they're just starting out and looking at what channels they should go down is look at your competitors, look at what have they do. Well, look at your competitors, what you're doing well, and look at how they're marketing. All these other businesses will have tested out different channels, whether that be Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever it might be. They'll have narrowed down and focused more on certain ones. It, it is key, like focus on a core few platforms. Don't go all out and try and be everywhere because you're just spreading yourself too thin and your message is going to really get diluted. Yeah, and actually, I think a key thing you've picked up on there, Louis, is um, like competitor analysis. Um, it actually looking at that's it. It's the next step, really. Yeah, it's the next and, step. And I think you know, um, you can you don't want to copy in no way, shape, or form, but you can take inspiration, um, and that's it. You get a better understanding. I've done it with clients where we've looked at their competitors, and I've looked at who they're following on Twitter. And it gives you an insight into like, oh, this is their target audience. Ah, oh, they're following a lot of, I don't know, architects. I, I'm going to come in and disagree with you guys here. I don't think competitor analysis is necessary. Um, Gary, Gary V kind of sums this up for me in that, why should I waste time worrying about what my competitors are doing and not spend that time worrying about what I'm doing? Yeah, I think I get that. As in, I think it's, it's not something you should invest tons of time in. But I think if you're somebody who doesn't really know where to start or aren't too sure where like your target audience is i don't think it's a bad thing to look at competitors okay yeah i, I guess in the early days when you're setting up your your initial that's strategy yeah, then that's yeah it. that's that's a good idea but like what once you've got a strategy in place and you're starting to adapt it and grow it and change it don't care what your competitors are doing because that's just going to get you lost i, I, agree I feel like you're just going to end up trying to copy them and clone them and that just rips out your individuality, your personality from your brand, and people aren't going to see the difference that is you to that competitor and not going to fall in love with your way of doing things. So so when it comes down to this like competitor analysis within the marketing strategy place, it's also like, let's say you're just starting a business. Um, if you look at your competitors, like you've got this idea. For example, my idea that I've just started was, is the Andrew and Card business. If I look at any possible competitors for online greetings cards, like Moonpig, for example, I can look at them, what's worked for them, TV advertising, their jingle was the most the best thing that they've done. We also started to do influencer marketing and lots of Instagram stuff. Um, but I can also see where are their weaknesses. I can see that they don't have fully recycled cards. They don't have handwritten cards or anything like that. So during this marketing strategy process, I'd say doing a competitor analysis is only going to help you strengthen your value propositions and identify where's going to be the best place to start that, that's it you can see what they're doing well but also what they're not doing well um, and i think it's just that um 
it, I think as well with, with looking at competitors, you can see maybe what the industry like standard is. So for example, your example there, Louis, about the greeting cards, you know that every kind of big greeting card company out there have brilliant websites, very prevalent on social media. So it just means as a standard, you're probably going to have to do that to get to a similar level. But I think you're totally right as you go forward don't focus yeah heavily. there's no point trying to copy like, like isaac said that's very true once you actually got going do not try and like think oh they're doing this so i need to do this very much just focus on what makes you different and keep doing what you can do just just following on from you jenny quickly um you mentioned about industry standards and i, I can't for the life of me remember who this quote is from but it's industry standards are there to be disrupted never follow the standard if you know and can prove there's a better way. That's it. I think you are right. There'll be way better ways to do it. And if you can kind of break them up, I think that's how people actually get seen. Uh, if you do something slightly different, then, you know, it's potential that it will blow up and be be great for you. But I, I personally, I've used them before for clients, even for myself when I first started, just to see what others, others were doing. And I think it just gives you a bit of an insight. But yeah, I think it's it's dangerous because people can get ob a bit obsessed in a way. And some people as well, they really get their backs up about competitors and I don't want them to see this and da da da. And I think it's like, just kind of focus on what you're doing, uh, your story, and just try to kind of be the best you can be uh, in terms of your marketing and, and business. The, the kind of next natural step really here is... You've got your platform sorted, you've got your goals and everything. What content is it that you're going to be posting to these platforms now to actually share your message? And at this point, you really need to be thinking about how each piece of content fits into your marketing funnel, whether it's the awareness content, consideration, decision or retention. And you need to make sure, again, that all of this content is relatable to your target audience and is speaking in the consistent message of your brand story. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's that having that like core message, isn't it? Um, but with kind of all marketing channels, a lot of the time you have to kind of tweak content to fit that. Because uh, like you said, your audience will be different or it needs to be formatted differently. Um, so yeah, it's really important to have, I do it where we have like an overall rough plan of content, but then you'll probably tweak it for specific platforms and things like that. Um, so I think the content's one of the biggest things to kind of hook people in. And if your content's spot on, targeting the right people is on brand then you know you're very likely to achieve your goals as like um as like an example of what not to do let's say you're making reusable eco-friendly coffee cups and you're marketing that towards consumers the worst thing you could do is produce a white paper on why your coffee cups are the best a consumer's not going to want to read through that they just want to see like oh it's eco-friendly it's made out of recycled materials and it looks really good yeah but that's literally it you don't need any detail with that it's not like some big educational topic what a consumer for that kind of product would prefer to see is like oh for every cup that's ordered they plant a tree yeah, yeah. it's maybe the ethical side or i think a lot of the time with any industry it's um you're selling like a lifestyle and you're selling like we, we've discussed like apple before they don't tell you the apple's great because it's got x memory and the button's great and it's light they just show adverts of people having a great time listening to good music and you're like oh i want that too so i think it's that it yeah th this is why the brand story is so necessary like if you don't get your brand story down then your marketing is going to be all over the place because you need that story to have that consistency 
So you are selling people on that lifestyle. That's it. And if you're struggling to think of like the types of content you can put out on different channels, have a look at it was our last episode, uh, Demystifying, or was it the one before? Have a look on there because we go into a lot more detail about different types of content, um, kind of bits people are doing wrong and doing right. And so have a look at that and it'll just give you some really good ideas um, for the different channels and what you can be talking about or posting about and things like that. Yeah, there's there's so much content that you can be creating. It's just figuring out what content's going to work for your audience and for your brand. That's the key thing, though. It's like once you have established this, for example, let's say it's the coffee cups um, and you, you're, you've decided that your ideal customer is probably someone who's anywhere between the age of 18 and 35, most likely. Um, they're probably interested in yoga, different things like that. You can create, say, a small, a short social media video, which is show them a product, but also the person holding the product happens to look exactly like your what you imagine your ideal customer looks like. You're, you're factoring it all in, so it's like subconsciously driving who should buy this. So, so kind of giving an example here, following on from that that coffee cup, um, Instagram is like the perfect platform for you because you want a lot of visuals. What you could do is every month you could have a, a really nice uh, infographic kind of thing that pops up and it's like, this is how many trees we've planted this month. Um, during the month, you could have photos of the trees that are being planted. Um, you could have photos of the product just individually looking nice, but then also lifestyle photos of the product. So people using that product in their day-to-day -day life. It could be someone at a yoga class, someone in a coffee shop, someone sat at their desk at work someone on a walk, just trying to capture that story as best as you can through imagery. And yeah. that's, that's so going to be so powerful for your brand. And I guess there's lifestyle-y shots. That there's, I guess it's trying to make your either service or product more relatable. Um, and that's it. If you kind of show it in different scenarios, or you're probably going to hit kind of more of your audience. Um, and I've got a question, question for you two, whether this is a little bit off topic, but obviously in terms of content, would you say quality or quantity is better? I, I don't, I personally, I don't think either can be compromised for the other. I think it needs to be a combination of both. Obviously, you have to do a lot, you have to have quantity. You need to get the quality first, yeah, don't you? Yeah, you have to have enough quantity that you're actually reaching enough people on the frequency that you need, but it needs to be good enough quality that they're not going to look at it and think, well, what the hell is this? It looks like it's been taken by a two year old using. As, especially if you're going like B to C. If you go in B to C, you want your posts to look like it fits into their feed. You don't want them to be scrolling past and it to be jarring and be like, oh, this person's trying to sell to me. You, you want it to be like, back back to the kind of the coffee cup photo examples, th those lifestyle ones are going to perform the best because you're scrolling through your feed and it that just looks like anything else that's going to be posted on there, but your brand is featured within it. It fits in. That's it. Yeah. It's getting. It's just getting the right balance because obviously some stuff is going to fit. You're going to think, whoa, that looks like so much like an ad. And there is a time and a place for that. But for example, one thing that's really useful is user-generated content, which is basically like, let's say you are this coffee cup um, business. If you post pictures of your customers, your actual customers who have taken, say, a selfie holding their coffee cup, that does so so well well it's, it's technically still word of mouth isn't it and it's still you know massive thing but yeah i just wondered because i've always said quality um but kind of a, a bit of a marketing guru the other day said actually nowadays it's about quality and quantity um and i thought ah yeah that's it i guess if you can master both you you're onto a winner
I, I do think you need to get the quality down first, though. 100%. Yeah, I'd agree. Get, get the quality down. Figure out your processes and your workflow to keep reproducing that quality and systemize it and make it so it, it gets easier and easier with time for you to keep reproducing that quality. Yeah, that's a good point because it's that like making marketing uh, material content that's sustainable. I've had it before where people, you can see they've gone for it. You think, oh, that's brilliant. And then they're quiet for a month and you think, oh, I wonder what's happened to them. So, yeah, that's a really I'm good point. This is what I'm so bad with. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. I'm bad we? at the consistency part of things. But but, but I think I think when you have a business like, like we do, for example, where we help other people do these different things. Yeah, which is why outsourcing is so important. Yeah, like... Personally, I prioritize clients' work versus my own social media. But in the same breath, if you're like Isaac, if your videos weren't up to scratch, uh, people would probably question your ability. So I think it. Oh yeah, I'd I'd never release a subpar video. No, and that's it. And I've had it where people said, "Oh, I thought you'd have maybe had more followers," and you think, "Oh, is this hypocritical of me?" But it's because mm. I prioritize clients' work versus you know my own. But I think with every business, we're all guilty of leaving our own marketing. And that's why, like you said, it's probably a good good shout to outsource um, and, and get some help, you know, and leave it to professionals, really. Yeah. And I, I guess this comes on to the, the final point we wanted to make with this episode, and that's, do you have a budget? Like, it, it's, yeah, having all of this free content you're posting is amazing. But like we just mentioned, you may run out of time to be able to do that yourself. So do you have a budget set aside? So when that does happen, you can outsource it. And get someone who specializes in video or social media or direct mail to take over that part of your marketing strategy. Yeah, I think I think with the budget, like you said there, um, you know, there's a lot of free marketing that you can do. Like social media, it's free. It just takes kind of your time. But I think with your budget, you decide kind of, I guess it, I think, relates back to your goals. What do you want to achieve? If you want to get 10 new customers a month, it probably means you're going to have to invest some money, whether that's, you know, uh, Facebook ads or like you said getting a, a professional copywriter in or doing something like Louis does um, like direct mail so I think it's just quite important to budget and have budgets for maybe different channels um, and I think with, with that it's all about kind of uh, testing to see what is working uh, and once you do then you can put more of your budget into those channels and sack off other channels. In one of the previous episodes we discussed lead generators and Lead generators are one of the best things you can be using in your business because it starts to automate that marketing workflow. But to get people onto those lead generators, you want that free content going up, but then you want to really be running paid advertising against people that engage with that content. So that, that could be as simple as setting a 10, 15 pound a day budget on Facebook ads that remarkets to the people who are interested in your brand and starting to get them to make that commitment. Yeah, in terms of like with the Facebook marketing, I've always suggested instead of, let's say you've got an overall budget of, I don't know, £500 to spend like a month on like your Facebook ads, I'd say instead of pushing all that into one ad, do like five and split your budget up. And it's all about testing because then you can see, ah, oh, what ad's working best and what isn't. And Yeah, it's, it's that's such a key point is that testing and measuring because let's say you try five different marketing strategies and within within each of them you have different split tests so you have five facebook ads and they're all, all different things then if you have a small amount of them you're not just putting all your money out because you're going to probably find that 80 percent of your marketing doesn't work ultimately but 20 percent does work really well and then once you found what does work you can think right now i can put more budget into these and you're going to get a much better return on investment. So test and measure is something we haven't 
well, we've talked about in pretty much the majority of episodes, but we haven't actually done an episode on how you test and measure. So I think that'd be a really good idea for a future Great episode yeah, to definitely. kind of break down what things you need to be testing and how you need to be measuring it. And then how you take all of those results and make an informed decision because it's really, really key. One thing I will say actually about that, and it's something Jenny mentioned before, is that when you are testing these different things, sure, there might be these free strategies such as social media where you're putting out content for free organically. But I would recommend everybody actually puts a price on that time you spend on it. Because like, 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 like we've said, sometimes you run out of time to do it yourself, which means at that point you need to pay someone else to do it. And then you're going to think, well, this was free before, but now am I going to have to pay someone? So let's say you charge it at £30 an hour, which is what someone in your industry might charge for it. Then you can say, right, it takes me five hours a week and it's going to cost me 150 quid a week to do to pay someone else to do this. You need to factor that in. Yeah, yeah. because if you're running out of time, that means that your marketing is working quite well for you now and it's starting to get that traction and you're getting work coming in and that work, if you're being paid £30 an hour and it costs you £25 an hour for someone to do that marketing and you're doing that five hours a week, that's 125 that's saving you £25 a month or £25 a week, sorry. Yeah. That's it. You might think, oh, it's only small, but it's better, you know, it's better to have a, a profit, isn't it? And that's it. It's all about time and it'll build. And the busier you get, a kind of the more your business will grow uh, and you can bring more people on to help. But I always get asked um, kind of, oh, what's the return on investment or kind of what have you done for other people? Um, so you'd always ask a professional kind of, you know, what are you going to get out of it? And you'd expect them to be able to like justify their time and cost. So I don't understand why why people don't do it for themselves. Yeah, the best thing you can do ultimately, I guess, is, that, is if you are starting out doing it yourself, you can find a strategy that works for you and you can say, right, for every five hours I put in, it costs me this much in time, but I am getting this much out of it. Then you can literally just systemize that process, say, right, we are doing this, these sorts of posts, however, however often each week. And then you just say, I need you to do this and I need it to be however much. You could even like sometimes pay a VA to do it, for example, if it's that simple. If you don't know what you're doing, then sure, you're going to need to get an expert on a certain strategy to do it for you. And they're going to actually have to do that whole process, which you obviously have to pay more for. How amazing would it be for, for you to get your entire marketing strategy and sales process just automated and systemized so you don't have to worry about it as much because there's other people there focusing on that for you, getting it all done, and you can just actually focus on what brings money in, and that's client work. Yep. Yeah, that's it. I mean, how much would you suggest someone spending on their marketing? Like what? I think every business should aim to spend at least 15% of their monthly revenue. I would say that if a marketing strategy is making you more money than you are putting into it, then you should put as much money as you can into it. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree there, yeah. But like as a good starting point, aim for that 15% mark because if you're bringing in a few grand a month that's that's still like a few hundred quid that you're putting towards towards your marketing which you wouldn't otherwise like if you're starting out and that's the position you're in take a little bit less pay if you can and put it towards your marketing because that's gonna return in no time and start actually bringing more money in and the more you bring in the more you can spend on marketing and the faster you're gonna grow yeah i always see it like if you have a machine let's say it's like a vending machine you put a pound in and it gives you two pounds out if you if i said to you how much money if you had this machine now how much money would you put into it 
you're going to say literally all the money I've got. Everything. And yeah. I'll go borrow some money from someone else. Yeah, because you know it's going to double. Is that guaranteed? Yeah, I guess it's a balancing act. It depends on what your goals are and what you want to achieve. If your goal is to just continue to grow and grow and grow and employ people, it's really, really important to invest a lot more into that marketing. Whereas if it's more about your free time or I, I think it's just yeah it, it's a case of balance into it's, it's your goals isn't it it comes back to that first step that we talked about what are your goals I think one episode we should do uh probably just about overall goals like personal goals as well because I think everyone everyone starts a business in order to achieve whatever personal goals they want lots of people get a bit like caught up on just working almost in the business I guess and they kind of forget about why they actually started it in, in some respects. Or some people don't actually know why they started it. I think something that would work well is to kind of tie in mindset stuff into that as well. Because your your mindset, like, it changes all the time depending on your mood. You know, things could be going well and your mindset drops and that kind of thing. But you need to try and keep it in that positive mindset and not worry about taking risks if you've got stuff to kind of back up that that's going to work. You know, um, ob- obviously your marketing strategy may completely fail, but that's a risk you're taking until you find the marketing strategy that works. Yeah, Very true. And once you've found that strategy that works, you're you're laughing because you're bringing in money and customers. Yeah, and again, I think it, it goes back to, if you can, you know, about that risk taking, I mean, I'm not really a risk taker, but if I can prove that I know for a fact this will work because I've measured it, then, you know, there's technically not really that much of a risk in it. Um, so I think, you know, I, I would, when I started, I sort of started off a bit smaller and just built, built up. Uh, and then that's it. When you, when you come to investing more money or like you said, maybe taking more of a risk, it's maybe actually not that big of a risk because you've done things in the past and you actually know what channels are working and what aren't. So it's, it's the key thing. It's, it's doing things in a, in a safe way. Like for example, I've just started doing Facebook and Instagram advertising. But I'm literally spending like between five and twenty quid a day on ads, like not not much at all. But it's because I'm just testing to to see which see what things work, and obviously some things haven't worked. And if I just thought, oh, this is a really good ad, which I have done for some things, people you often think, oh, this is going to work really well. And if I'd said, right, I'm going to put a load of budget into this, then you're going to probably potentially lose money because it often won't work how you expect it to. It's like a a lot of people, if like they lose a client get really upset about it and it's it's like why why are you getting upset yeah you've lost the client you put you put the time and effort into putting together a really good proposal for them but at the end of the day if you've lost that project you weren't a good fit for each other in the first place and if you're not a good fit you're wasting your time with that client see for that i think it's um finding out why you've lost them like i said it might just be a terrible fit or it might just be a natural you know they want to take it in-house or but I think, you know, find out and you can improve it next time. And you Yeah, because but... who knows, it might have just been you didn't communicate your message as clearly as you thought you were. And you would have been a good fit otherwise. That's it. Or they might have known that they just wanted you as more of a consultant. And by six months time, they were going to stop anyway or they've, they've run out of money or whatever it is. So I think it's just important to, to find out. It's all, it's all about learning, isn't it, really? You just testing different things and learning so you can improve them for next time 100 percent. and i don't i don't think as a business owner or a marketer you're ever going to stop that learning process because things are constantly changing so you always need to be adapting and learning that's it there's new platforms um and new kind of ways and that's it i think you've just got to try them all out um because i think if you don't and you're not willing to to learn or 
it's like you know new platforms new social media platforms have popped up like tiktok uh i mean i th- at times think oh is this just a platform for like 12 year old kids who can dance and stuff but actually i mean it like, was but it's changing it. it's massively growing um and it's phenomenal platform for that video content that much so that youtube has got scared and added a shorts feature to oh, right, kind of compete with tiktok you know yeah. is, isn't it? because it's it's taking traffic away from youtube and you go back a, a couple of years you'd have never thought youtube would be losing traffic no what's is, is it youtube the biggest uh, YouTube is still the bigger search engine, and when I, when I say losing traffic, it's very minor amounts of traffic. Um, YouTube's still one of the best places to be posting because everybody turns to YouTube if they've got a question. But that's it. I've just started a YouTube channel. Fun fact. So. <laughs> Check it out, everyone. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's mainly just because to like get out of my comfort zone. That's it. That's the main reason. And because I enjoy trying to edit videos and thinking I'm really good at it, but I'm actually probably not and that great. To be fair, <laughs> a, a lot a lot of marketing is about getting out of your comfort zone. That's it. And I think especially like the video side, um, a lot of people don't like to be on camera, but actually people like to deal with people. So it's all about just doing it and trying it, isn't it? Try, trying and testing. And you can't, you can't kind of just sit back and, and rely on word of mouth or just rely on social media because at some point that could change and then potentially your key channel or funnel sales funnel has disappeared um very true and, and i guess the other thing is once you have learned something they say that the best way to then teach what the best way to then learn it even more is by teaching it and even if no one else watches my videos i'm like speaking this out and saying my knowledge and it's just making it stronger and stronger in my brain and i'm like re um what's the word initiating i guess or re-learning yeah um one one thing while we're on the topic of youtube a lot of people have an issue where they post content to youtube and it's really great content but they're not getting the views on it there's one reason you've not done your seo you're being an idiot you've just posted a video and expected to get results without putting any thought behind how you're going to get that in front of people's eyes i guess yeah seo is a big one but i guess it's all about reposting on different channels and reusing it yeah, like if you've got if you've got a big following on your LinkedIn page, like repost it to there and then you get the views across from there, you know. Um and the beauty the beauty about all of these platforms is you have analytics, so you can track where all of these things are coming from. If you post it to LinkedIn, you can see that 30% of the people who have watched that video have come from your LinkedIn and you can see that that cross channel promotion is working. It, it's so important. It, again, it gets into test and measure, which we really need to do an episode on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Interesting enough, as you say that though, I haven't like shared this YouTube video anywhere. So that is like what's gonna be my goal today. Just share it everywhere because I've kind of like put it out there and thought, okay, I've done that step. Have you downloaded my checklist of fifteen things you must do when you upload a video to YouTube? I didn't know you had that, Isaac. Yes, I do. It's on my website. Uh, you should go check that uh, out. Where do I find this? <laughs> where do I find this? I mean, it's on my it's it's on my website, um, voltamediahouse.com/blog. You can find it on there. Click on the little search bar, type it in. Easy to find. Excellent. So to summarise, we've looked at a marketing strategy, kind of what one is and why you need one. Um, and, and how to put one together. Um, but if you have any questions or kind of want a deep dive into specific topics we've talked about today, go check out some of our previous episodes because you'll get so much information. Um, or you can email us. Uh, we'll provide an email link in the description. So if you enjoyed the episode and would like to give us some feedback or if you have a question you'd like us to answer, uh, like I said, send us an email and you can find that in the description of this episode. 
Also, make sure to follow us on social media so that you never miss an episode. We are MMM Guides on most social media networks. Again, we'll have all the links in the episode description. So we are Jenny, Isaac and Louis, your guides to making money with marketing. <laughs>